Just got to send it. It's fucking right. Let's go. Yep. No, it's it's happening, guys. Believe it. <laughs> What's happening? Tell me more. Welcome <laughs> to Practical Shooting After oh. Dark. Gentlemen, we're here to talk about shooting on deck tonight. Mr. Hopkins. Hi, everybody. My second favorite area director, Mr. Kim. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and Mr. Park. Hello. All right, guys. Very excellent uh, uh, banger of a show, I'm sure, that we're going to have here. Uh, who uh, who would like to go? I mean, who, Hopkins, what do you have for a topic? Is there anything interesting? Uh, I'm going to announce when Area 3 will be for 22 and kind of what I'm going to use for the format of it. Yeah. So Area 3. Got my interest. Also. I was going to say boring, but yeah, go ahead, Hopkins. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 2022 Area 3 will be back in Grand Island. It will right be. where I want it to be. Yeah, it's a good drive, right? Super easy for you. Ten hours. Reports and everything. Done this many times. So the date match dates are August 11th through the 14th. We'll do ROs, shoot on the 11th, all day on the 12th, and then a double two-day match on 13th, 14th. We're going to do, on the Saturday-Sunday schedule, we're going to do seven bays on Saturday for each, uh, basically, set of shooters, and then we'll do five on Sunday. So a total of set 12 stops. There will be 15 stages plus a chrono at those 12 stops. Nice. Uh, I don't plan on doing any of the previous like flavor of the match. So like stage one, long shooting, lots of running. Uh, no, like, stage one will be on bay one like it was before, but it will not be like it was. It's not going to be <laughs> like that. So you're going to make it's it different be, stages? Yes, it will be different. Are there, will will there be... Will there be no shoots? Will there be disappearing targets? Will there be hard cover? Will there yes. be yes. like normal? Yes. So it'll be not. It's not going to be the same flavor of match. No, I'm no. not going to lie, Matt. When you said Grand Island, I wasn't thinking about the drive. I was thinking, <laughs> oh, we're doing that again. No, no. So that's only like that's the, how the stages are set up. The the range is actually no. The range really, is fine. The range is good. Yeah. They have a ton of props. They have everything figured out. They've been doing it for a couple of years. Hornady is coming back as the main match sponsor. Uh, they're they're providing some setup support and help like that. I'll be. Can, I, can I add briefly for people that aren't familiar? Yeah. Hornady is in Grand Island. Yep. Wait, wait, Matt. Matt, so you were talking about moving this match to I don't know wherever. I, this is the first I've heard. It's going back to Grand Island. Is there something some up with that? Or, willing yeah, to talk about that? Yeah, there's a, a reason. Matt. I mean, I don't give a shit if you move it or not. I was just curious because you seem pretty intent on moving it before. Yeah, I didn't know what kind of support I would have with Hornady in the range, but they were both very supportive. And Hornady wanted it back there at that range so they could have it there basically at their home range. And that's one of the reasons. Like, I could set up stages that are shooting challenges basically anywhere. Mm -hmm. They have plenty of props there so they can do everything. Mm-hmm. So no, no, they that makes sense. targets and everything like that. So, so basically, like Hornady really pushed to make this happen in some way. Yes, Hornady wanted it there. That was the main support behind it. Right, that's cool. Yeah. That makes sense. That's just worth, you know. So, that, are, are they going to have us? Uh, how are they supporting? They're going to like fund, like, let's say we get some strippers out there to reset the stage, you know, classy, something like that. 
or what are we I doing? Don't think that, no, that is not part of the they're sponsorship. Probably get probably giving away bullets, maybe a little something like that. Yeah, yeah they're okay. going to the price. More reasonable. Yeah. That yeah. sounds more like something that Hornady would do. A that makes more sense, actually. Event. Yes. I, I keep thinking in terms of Ben Sticker Pro Shop and how that functions. <laughs> well, I did not go to Wisconsin section this year, so well, I guess stop, I buddy. All that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, Matt, you briefly talked about it. some people possibly did not go to that match in previous years due to the flavor of the match. Will any of that stuff be returning as far as, I mean, the Marigold rounds, the jungle gyms, which stages is Sherwood designing? Stages, That's what I want to know. None. Sherwin's okay. not designing any. He's just designing national stages. Okay. That's good. He is or not. <laughs> so for people that didn't like the past, wonky gimmicky hula hoop stuff that won't be in the match is that fair to say that's correct yes Matt, so, Matt, Matt, Matt. hold on joel i think you're unfairly characterizing area three because we've oh. talked about this a lot because i shot area three quite a few times actually if i look at my uh if, if area matches i've won area three more fucking times than i ever won my own areas match like anyway um it's not you say it's wonky and gimmicky. That's not a fair character. Area three has always been eighty percent hosing, twenty percent wonky gimmicky. Is that a fair assessment? Well, I mean, yeah, they don't they don't I really don't do no so. shoots. Bay That's one is the to... bay one is the fifty yard shooting. No, no, what do you mean? Run. Don't really don't really do no shoots. Like no, they don't, no they, they institutionally do not do no shoots or disappearing targets. Not allowed. Yeah. And they don't they don't have any painted hardcover on the targets, although they will have physical hardcover occasionally obstructing the targets. Yes. Or swinging no shoots. They did have that. They do or have what? that. Yeah. No shoots are only okay if they move. <laughs> like real yeah. life. Dude, that stage last I shouldn't even say this. There was a competitor. He was so excited. He got out of that stage. He goes, I only got three no shoots on that stage. Like he was so happy he got through with just three penalties. I'm like, and, are you and, I'm like, are you and kidding look me? Look right at now? you. You see a guy who's happy and you just think he's an idiot, Joel. <laughs> You're so mean. He was so excited though. That was this the is why only, nobody he only got you. he only got three penalties. He was very excited. I was like, oh, okay. Well, oh, sorry, I missed it. Anyway. Yeah, I actually did on that stage just by pure luck because I said I'm just gonna shoot like three times and shoot three times and shoot three times and then go on no matter what. So just worked out. Yeah, I hate no, I so my plan is to do the 15 stages across 12 bays with Chrono. So my thought and principle behind the stages is I'm going to do five short, so under 12 round stages, and then five, 12, 13 to 22 or 24, whatever stages, and then five stages up to 32 rounds. I'm not saying they're all going to be 32 rounds at that point. It's just that's kind of how I'm working on it. So all the double bays that have two stages on them are going to be targets only stages. So they're going to be able to and single strings on each of the double stages. The 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 medium stages that are by themselves are going to have hard shooting on them with activator targets. So the reset will be take more time. So that should equal out into equaling the larger field course stages or the double bays. Dude, There'll be a fa awesome. pretty fast stage next to Chrono because that's going to be part of that stage and the timing on it. And the big stages will basically be by themselves. I think we'll probably use most of the, 
the bays that are there. So I would expect targets anywhere from one foot at your feet all the way to, let's say, 30, 35 yards. All right. So, Matt, another question about stats. Are you guys going to update throughout the day, update after the day is done, or wait till 9, 9.30 at night, and then push out the match, the, uh, the updated results actually, of the day? I actually have a really good person, that Andrew from Iowa, that does the Iowa sectional. Huh. I don't know if we'll have the Wi-Fi coverage to do non-paper scoring. I don't know if that's going to be possible, but knowing Andrew and... I haven't actually talked to him about this. They update it like every 15 fucking minutes at Iowa section. I know. No, it's like every 15 seconds, Ben. I'm sorry. It's like a push notification. It's not even updated. It's instantaneous. You hit hit approve and it's uploaded. Yeah. But, like, we're going to update multiple times throughout the day, no matter what. Literally, it's like hitting a button. Like, you go by... Matt, you're really uh, kind of that's, shattering the mold here for an that is a match, big change. Like. That's from a big the change. Past. Well, yeah. that is kind of why I was elected, right? I don't think so. I don't think anybody knew that they'd be pushing out multiple updates for Area Three. I don't think anybody dared dream that such a thing would happen at Area Three. But well, I'm just here to please the members. The members are always first, in my opinion. So. Well, it's important to please people, Matt. <laughs> That's all I care. About. Members first. <laughs> Matt, do you have a uh, a range master? I do. Up? So I have a. New you have range- Troy. You get Troy. No, uh, no, I do not have Troy. Okay, well, we can't all be I, uh, astronauts, I guess. Maybe he'll come and shoot the match. I don't. We'll see. Doubtful. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. You never know. I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> borrow. From him. He wants to come shoot it. That's fine. So I'm having cool. Mike Howell. H-O-W-E-L-L. He's from Florida. He got his Range Master certification in 2021 at the back-to-back nationals. Is he busted? No, not Is at he all. old? Far from it. No. Is he old? Is he a cunt? No. <laughs> oh, sign me up. I'm, Joel, I'm very sorry. I, I'm sorry. I can't help it. So I had talked to him and kind of laid out kind of what my strategy for the match was and what I wanted to work with. And he agreed and thought that was very good. And uh, I think we're going to work out really well. So well, he'll come this... in Florida. This is pro- I don't know if this will be his first like level three match, but uh, he'll definitely have it on his calendar next year. And it's all well, confirmed. So it's all good. Matt, this sounds like an absolute cracker. When can people sign up? Oh, so good point. So I personally hate the signups on January 1st or like before the New Year's. Well, let me guess. You're getting in early December 31, baby. Nope. <laughs> I'm not going to open registration up until February. Oh, whew. oh, wow. So you give people another month to like let their bank balance recuperate from the hit they're going to take on January 1st. Yeah, it's like yeah. operators are standing by at like 8 a.m. on <laughs> January 1st. There's, there's people like in December probably going to get bank loans. They're like... Oh, I'm doing like six section matches, an area match, and nationals. I need like two G's on uh, January 1st. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, so I'm going to open it up like February 1st. I, it might change dates or something around there, but. No, Matt, just make it wonky. Make it like February 15th so they're like. Here. Nobody else can. February 5th. 
February no, 5th. I don't know. It'll be in February. We'll say it's that. It's okay to make it a Saturday, if, Matt. If people want to know, I'm assuming, Matt, you'll have access to the Area 3 Facebook page. That's where they should watch for updates. Yes, I, I have access to posts on there, and that's I'll put updates on that. I'm working on getting all the checking all the boxes with USPSA and getting the matchup on the website and all that. I'm sure we all know how interesting that can be. Absolutely. <laughs> well, oh, Matt, sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Sign me up. I, I, Matt, I know that you're excited to be running an area match. If you, oh. uh, yeah, I, I'm ahead. really looking forward to it. I'm, uh, I'm working on the budget. I don't have the match entry fee yet, but I'll have that up very soon before the first of the year so everybody knows what that is and they can plan ahead for that good hey hey i saw the can we get the budget yet for uspsa nationals is that a thing or no they don't release the budget they actually don't release any budgets to the members as far as i'm aware of oh. and i don't see them changing that at any point with the current people on there all right i have one other question might be considered i don't think it's spicy the uh, new BOC, I'm sorry, BOD podcast. Can we expect to hear you on there at any point? I have not been asked to be on that yet. I think you should. I think. Uh, I think. You I did. I did offer my services since all the board members know how good I do on these podcasts. You are. You are, Matt. You've been podcasting for a long time. He is a veteran. Yes. You like used to be kind of shy and kind of nice, and now you're a salty little bastard. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I did services to be on the podcast. They, it was politely declined or just ignored, I think. But uh, so we'll see. I'll, I think I'll, you could add I'll, a lot of color to that because I I listened and um, it was not that exciting. Well, Ben, we've got more topics we need to cover. <laughs> Better keep the show moving. So that's BOD podcast moving. is called USPSA podcast. Yes. Perfect. So if yes. anybody wants to search on iPhone app for USPSA podcast or and NROI podcast, they just started doing both. Well, I haven't listened to the NROI one yet. That's you know, it's nice you point that out, Juanzik. Like I feel like some of the like, well, not a few of the board members have been really engaging a lot with the public lately and yes. uh, getting their penises smashed, and it has been hilarious. Welcome to the fucking internet, guys. Uh, I. I'm loving it. Anyway, sorry. Let's move on. Wanzi, your topic. Go yes. ahead. Joel, I have a this had his hand. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, like, especially 2021, uh, I've been starting seeing a lot of new uh, shooting accounts on Instagram that's getting popular. So a lot of the new up-and-coming up uh, up shooter, right? Yeah, new up-and-coming shooter. Mm -hmm. I've been yes. following many as usual. And of course, one of them is Rob Epifania. Uh, I I really think he's one of the fastest gun handling shooter. So draw, reload, things like that. So draw has not been so spicy uh, since I changed to a different gun. So I wanted to like like kind of ask him around. I called him up, and we had a lengthy conversation. Uh, and he also taught at the summit, PSDG summit this mm. summer. Uh, his footage and the previous is, one as well. The previous yes, one as well. Yes, the previous one as well. Yes. Uh, by the way, those footages are on PSTG, so go you check it me. out. I was gonna, I was gonna add that at the end. Thank you, Ken. Yes. You don't have to add that at the end. At this point, there is so much crap on PSTG <laughs> that it is, uh, it is unreal. 
Yes. yes, all the instructors from the previous two summits, we, oh, most of them, we've got, a, we got the videos on training. Mm -hmm. Guys can find those. Sorry, Mr. Kim. No problem. So since the summit, uh, I've been talking to Rob uh, a lot about like how he draws and like some of the cues, how he, where he grabs first or what kind of cues, physical cues, especially in the walkthrough process kind of thing. And then one thing that he told me, basically my question was, hey, um, I like your draw. Uh, how do you do a scoop draw? And Rob surprisingly was saying, hey, my draw is actually not a scoop draw. It's actually a little bit different than other person. Uh, it's actually scoop draw combined with traditional draw style. So we had a very, whoa, very whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on, hold on. So before you, you're going to you're going to go and start talking about this in detail before we get going on this. What is a scoop draw? What is a traditional draw? Just to make sure people understand very good. what yes. the fuck we're talking about here. Yes. So scoop draw is typically uh, when you hear the buzzer you bring your gun straight out in one motion to your eye line. Yeah, your but, hand comes straight up. And yes. like it's like your your hand moves up and you're grabbing the gun exactly. and it's one but you don't stop and you kind of you're fixing your your grip on the way out. When yes, you're establishing exactly. you're still establishing the grip as you're lifting. Well, you're you're going to do one of two things. You're going to be fixing your grip on the way up or you're going to be uh picking your gun up off the ground. It's going to be one of the two. <laughs> yes, that's true. Not sure the traditional which one. one we get to find out. Yeah. The traditional one will be you kind of ride up the beaver tail and then finish your finger curling. So basically you get the fire and grip inside the holster and you bring the gun out. So typically how people do that is like they use the web of their hand, so thumb and the index finger web. They ride it up on the beaver tail and then close the fingers and then bring the gun out of the holster, which is pretty safe. Yes. Uh, but basically what he's doing and which i am right now trying to apply better i actually made the switch somewhere around in the fall time so what i am doing now which is very close to rob uh, rob's a lot more refined of course is i am actually the first point of contact when i draw used to be my web underneath the beaver tail so i ride it up on the beaver tail close the fingers now what i do is the first point of contact is not the web anymore. It's actually the bottom three fingers. It goes underneath the trigger guard. So I am using the middle knuckle of the middle finger. So basically bottom three fingers will curl underneath the grip. Now I can grip the gun with the fingers closing in pressure rather than uh, right up first. So I, as I'm bringing the gun out, then I'm closing the palm around it. But the, the risk of dropping my gun is pretty low because I am using the bottom three fingers to hold the gun first. And the biggest difference for me right now, like I said, it's not as refined. So my draw time isn't like Rob. Rob can draw under 0.8 second very consistently. Mine is higher than that. But the biggest difference I saw uh, in the first trial was consistency in my bottom three finger positioning. Because in the traditional ones, because I'm riding up on the beaver tail and close the fingers later, sometimes my fingers will wrap around the grip deeper or sometimes shallow. And that can change my trigger finger position just once in a while if I have a bad grip. And I have a trigger safety. And if I am contacting the wrong part of the finger on the trigger, I may not disengage the uh, firing 
safety as well. So the it's like a dead trigger. I can't pull the trigger. That was sometimes happening, but now it's completely gone because my trigger finger position on the trigger is so consistent. Bottom three fingers position is super consistent. I haven't really figured out how to make it as fast as Rob yet. So I'm going to be working on that. But in terms of finger positioning consistency, like especially trigger finger consistency, it's gotten a lot better. So I like it a lot. This this is a common case for me, especially when I run first and then draw the gun out of the holster later in a situation. Then my web may not be hitting the consistent spot, but I find it it's easier to contact the bottom three fingers proper position onto a, a trigger guard area. Uh, and then bring the gun out, the consistency of the finger, trigger finger, was a lot better. I like yeah. it. So this is sounding promising. Yes, I'm so liking good, it a lot. A good off-season uh, project. This is hyper-nuanced hyper nerd stuff right up your alley, Mr. Kim. Yes. I like I like to see that. I think you were, when we, last time we trained together, I think you... Uh, really wanted to improve your draw. Yes. <laughs> My draw time was not spicy. And yeah. your draw time was very spicy. I liked it. I'm good with that Glock. I can I can rip that thing when it comes to yes. the draws anyway. Um, good. All right. Uh, moving on, we have another topic, I think. Are you, we're finished right, right, Mr. Kim? Yes, I'm done. Oh, I think you nailed it. Very interesting guys working it out. And, oh, and... Uh, is there anything else we say about Rob? Because I think Rob's really an interesting case. He's really uh, grinding it out, man. He's really doing it. If I could plug my own we're, stuff, there's a couple episodes of the Training Group podcast he's been on that were... Yeah, Joel, I was trying to get, talk about how good Rob is, and now you're talking about yourself. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just trying to line my own pockets. Training Group yeah. uh, members, there's a couple episodes that I got a lot of really good feedback about. But no, Rob. Rob's very good, uh, especially gun handling. Rob is super strong at. I've I've met like I had Rob like I've met Rob like he flew to he flew from New York to Florida to do a class with me. I think the first time I met the guy. I mean, he, he's very motivated and he's yes. been a training group gold member forever. He's he's an instructor now. He's like he he's very, he's on. I mean, you have him on your podcast, mm -hmm. Joel. I mean, he's Rob is a very that every 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 goddamn time I open up Instagram, I see. Rob Epifania is doing a live, you know, and yep. I pop in there and he's doing dry fire and talking to the guys and mm -hmm. talking about stuff. And he flew here to train with me and he's, Christian Sadler. He's great. He's grinding it out all the time. That's what yes. I know about Rob. Uh, so it's pretty cool. I like, I, I like his energy. He's, he's a super nice guy. Um, he's a, a real sportsman. So yeah. anyway, oh, to keep plugging my own stuff. If you, right, uh, yeah. Let's talk about self-serving people like Joel. <laughs> exactly. If you participated in the drill, the drill of the month on training group, you've likely interacted with Rob also because he's pretty, pretty active in the drill of the month as far as you know. Yeah, I mean, he just he's people out when they submit videos. He's just he's totally lost in the sauce. I mean, he's all about it all the time, always talking about it, always doing it. Oh, I mean, always, always, always. And thing. I mean, uh, obviously, that's a very positive energy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Ben. You want to talk about yourself? Go ahead. No, Joel. I wanted you to talk about yourself, and in doing so, also talk positively about me. <laughs> Where should we start? I, we have a combined topic this month, I think. We do, I think. Yeah. So what? Uh, well, where do what do we want to talk about? Just the training thing? I think so. So we've got together, Joel and I, doing some training recently with the rifle. So I think a fair way of putting this is, Joel, you've been 
doing two-gun matches. You're, you are actually kind of an expert with rifles when it comes to the nerd side of rifling. I'm okay with that, yes. I mean, the equipment side, like, if, if I need a... If I need to, uh, I don't know, hit something a thousand yards away with the first shot, you'd, you'd be a good guy to talk to about that? That would be Maybe. somewhat helpful, yes. Yes. So you've been doing all that stuff, but we got, we've been getting together training now uh, in, well, I would say the style of rifle shooting that I like doing. Practical rifle, I think, is a fair Practical way to say. Practical rifle. So, uh, yeah, so got, we got to either shot a lot. What are the takeaways, Joel? Uh, what are the takeaways? Yeah, it's an absolute blast learning something new. I think, so, I mean, the setup, Ben and I, we didn't, it was, you know, a lot of, we set up a drill, we talk about the drill, uh, we shoot it, we compare times, have dialogue, what do you think, what could be better, worse, do you like this drill, uh, what are we assessing, is this the results, I mean, everywhere, fill in the blank. The biggest takeaway I think I had was that I always wanted to compare the times and the times from a dumpster fire to a so-so run to a fantastic run was like the the timer didn't show you that at all, and that was uh, was pretty interesting. I think Ben, is that a fair way to say it? Yeah. No, I mean what what I think I think the way I put this is the way that you understand scores when you're shooting handguns as far as how the times like if you have guys shooting a stage how they rack up based or how they if you rack them and stack them based on uh ability you see like for example uh here's a very common example that you'll notice with a pistol a very a good pistol shooter can shoot a stage super quick he's going to be the fastest guy in his club but a guy like like they go to area matches or you know section matches and shoot against guys that are national level heat and they're like 2 seconds back on every field course, you know what I mean, and it's um, and they just like th there's just that time differential just exists between like the guys who shoot 85 percent and the guys who shoot 100 percent. It's just the way it works when when you start really looking at things. Uh, if you look at carry optics as opposed to production, the times compress in carry optics when you compare guys' scores, um, and also the hits that people shoot are compressed, meaning there's less of a spread in times uh, among the top level guys in carry optics than there is in production, generally speaking, all right? Why? Well, there's more elements in production. You've got like different aiming schemes to apply using iron sights and there's more reloads in. That's just more room for people to fuck up. So the times stratify differently, right? You get a larger spread in the times among people of I mean, you'd say like the same ability level, just the equipment changes how things stratify. Um, so uh, what we you know, kind of talked about a lot was the way that times stratify when you're doing these, uh, not just times, but the, the scores, the way scores stratify when you're doing these, these rifle exercises is very different to what you would expect when it comes to a pistol. Mm -hmm. right. Yes. I, so you can take it away from there, Joel, sorry. No, no, I appreciate appreciate the uh, input. Yes, uh, the other thing that was remarkably different is the ranges. So, I mean, I, I I pay a lot of attention to people on the on the interwebs and YouTube doing rifle shooting, and a lot of people do rifle shooting at pistol ranges. So, for the instance, I one time I practiced accelerator, and I thought, oh, I'll just set up at the pistol so that the pistol distances the seven, the fifteen, the twenty five. 
like being straight with you, the seven and the 15 yard target weren't a challenge and they kind of don't matter. Anyone was going to do good at that. But then once you start doing 25 yard shooting, you start doing 50 shooting, 50 yard shooting. Ben and I are doing build drills at 50 yards. That's a big separator. So uh, another thing that I think that's like, if you're going to test those rifles, shooting them at practical distances, it's the distance at which people train with that. So we do have some drills where we use the head boxes. That's going to be closer, like seven yards. You're changing aiming schemes. Otherwise, we had a lot of, uh, we were shooting, what, practical accuracy and doubles uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doing, I mean, pacing that thing all the way back to 50 yards, which is a big difference fundamentally from how a lot of people train with those rifles. Well, I mean, I think the big practical difference, especially what you exposed, like I I, I went and did like the, uh, the rifle pistol practical class with Prank uh, mm-hmm. last year. The video is on practicalshootingtraininggroup.com. Also, uh, I should, this is a good time to mention it because we're talking about this stuff. Um, by the time you hear this, there's a new section in training group called uh, PCC Rifle. And uh, then the, an adaptive rifle subsection. So, Kim, you've got PCC mm-hmm. content. How many videos you put out? 10, 12 on PCC? Yeah, at least. And then I've got I've got uh, class video with Pranko and with Proctor of classes that I attended and shot. Um, that stuff's in there, like so that that stuff's kind of segregated now in its own section, so people can find it if they're interested. And then the adaptive rifle subsection. Uh, let's just say there's things coming. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There's things coming. Yes. <laughs> Lots um, of stuff in the works. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, when like when I did Prankus class, we did accelerator at the pistol distances, 7, 15, 25. Um, I mean, fun drill, but it, uh, I think what, what we found, like, I, like what's coming with the uh, adaptive rifle will be the, uh, the distances are set 10, 25, 50. Uh, why? Well, Joel, what did you experience shooting at 10, 25, 50 at the distances? At 10 yards, like a 0.6 draw from like the hunt, like the low ready. You're just going to bring it up and like smash like it. Well, it doesn't so matter. It's, so it's it's like you're reacting just to the color of your optic mm-hmm. and ripping on the trigger. Even though it's 10 yards away, that's how you're going to handle it. Yes. The 50 yard shooting is like shooting 25 yards with a handgun would be, a, I think, maybe a, maybe a fair comparison where yeah, you have con- to. Like confirmation three. Three. Yeah, it's like follow carefully. the follow the bouncing the bouncing dot. No, follow the dot, but look where you want the bullet to go, and it looks like a bouncing ball. The dot. If you if you're doing it at 25 yards, it's still predictive shooting, rapid fire with 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 the rifle. I mean, shit. With with some of the we we're shooting like duty guns or whatever. Yeah. We're uh, if you yeah. if you've got a really aggro like uh, Michelac comped out uh, baller three gun open rifle. You, Probably you might be able to do predictive shooting at 50 yards. It might yeah, even work. I suppose you. so. Yeah, I mean, you, you you've got to really get the distances calibrated properly, so you're changing between aiming aiming scheme types on the targets and different types or different uh, methods of trigger control. Yeah, it's important to get those distances calibrated correctly. And then just briefly, the nerd part of me, uh, I did. I always get a lot of questions about gear. Basically, Ben and I are both shooting, like Ben said, duty guns. Uh, we have Geisley triggers in them, I suppose. But other than that, just red dot optics. It's I've got an A2 flash hider on mine. I don't even have a compensator. <laughs> Joel, so you don't. You, Joel, you cannot even. Sh- you hate my gun. It's too loud. I don't like it. It's so nasty to shoot it. It's, it's so violent. <laughs> well, I'll take a 16 inch with an A2. It'll be much quieter. Or picture some poor sap standing next to you, like on the ranger in a class. Like, no, thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, sometimes, like, yeah, whatever. I mean, so, I like I use that, like I I use that rifle when it's like when I'm shooting with guys who have like heavy ass piston guns, you know. And it's like, it's like I'm thinking like, hey, your guns are so much fucking easier to shoot than this thing. Like, yes. <laughs> no, but anyway, they're just just basic guns. Nothing, no low mass or anything crazy. Two stage Geisley like SSAE, so like service triggers. So just yeah, just reasonable. It's, Every it's day, basically the same rifles. as like the the Glocks that I shoot for yes. similar applications. It's like it's a plain Glock. You're like, yes. Mm -hmm. Whether what did you do to it? It's a people expect it to be something fancy, and there really isn't. Yeah, sorry. It sends the right message, I think. Uh, it's I've had a lot of fun with them. So anyway, train very good, Joel. Uh, what any other takeaways from you? Um, well, I mean, something we were talking about oh, just a couple hours ago. It's it's the same but different. So it's fun because there are some ways that it's very similar to training with a handgun. Some ways it's it's drastically different. Uh, mounted movement, obviously, is way different from with a handgun. It's way so, harder with a rifle. Yes, it's very. You keep difficult. the rifle mounted, you're shooting while you're moving around it's harder for sure. Yes. No, so it's really really fun. A lot of fun takeaways, and also I guess it's fun because I think like man, I'm shooting pretty okay. I don't know. This seems pretty solid. But then it's fun, like you know, of course. If I'm if I'm shooting next to Ben, I'm gonna try to beat Ben. So I'm constantly like, "Hey, what was your time on that? What was your time on that?" So uh, it's really good having you know somebody strongly trained with to to see how you compare. Yeah, it did not well, suck. No, it doesn't suck. And uh, things coming, right? Things are in route. Yes. Um, how do you guys feel about doing a podcast question? Uh, I'm never me. gonna ask. <laughs> of course. Um, sorry. Let me make sure it's a uh, well. This is kind of a wonky question, but I, I honestly, well, I'll give you guys my take on this in a minute. I had an idea to help solve popper calibration. If the popper doesn't fall and there's a visible impact mark anywhere on the face of the popper, it's one point for minor and two points for major, no miss penalty. If there's no impact mark on the face of the popper, and it it didn't fall, it scored a miss. This, of course, relies on the popper being painted. If the popper is hit but doesn't fall, the RO checks the condition of the popper for faults. If the shooter wants to call for pop proper calibration check, that can still be done as well. Thanks. Uh, so that's the question here. From a guy who I think is on the level. It's a pretty wild... Uh, I misunderstand, I'm, or I apologize. So the point... No, 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 no. He's you're, changing you're, how many points a popper's worth. Is no. that correct? I think if it still falls, it's worth five, right? You, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's but changing. Then, but if you this is it, if it doesn't, doesn't fall. fall. You get like a, it's like a yeah. D hit versus an A hit zone hit. Okay, I understand now. Man, this is. <laughs> it's a pretty wonky idea. Initial thoughts makes it kind of sound interesting because it still has the DVC in it, right? Here's a question. The penalties for, for the miss. Here's a question, guys. Is this any dumber than what the board actually did? No offense to any board members that are on the podcast. Well, I voted no. I thought it was dumb to begin with, and I told them that. So, yeah, I know, Matt. And I actually, I said, I think on a, a fairly recent video that I put, I said the board voted for this. Matt voted against it because he said it would make them look dumb. Who do you think thinks more like you do? I don't think this is any dumber than what the board did, for sure. <laughs> so that'd be interesting. You'd have to change 
I'll tell you what I don't like about it. I'll tell you what I don't like. Like, I, I don't like the idea of penalizing the shooter in any way for the fucking poppers. It's not like, their fault. I don't really care whose fault it is. Like, I don't, I, I'm not assigning blame to anyone. I'm like, you hit the thing in the space, the place you're supposed to hit it. Like, it didn't fall or did it, like, whatever. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be assessing, did people, like, just the marksmanship part of it. Like, did they hit the thing they're supposed to hit where they're supposed to hit it? You know, that's, yeah. that, that's where my focus is. Um, I don't understand, like, this essentially would penalize the shooter in some way for it not the popper not falling right penalizes them yes. less than taking a miss but they're still getting penalized which doesn't make sense to me if the popper is genuinely wonky i would not be in favor of such a rule no but i want to point out I don't think this is any crazier than what the board actually ended up doing why can't we just fix it why can't we literally just like come up with like three different scenarios to use and then like take them through what do you mean uh, why the, didn't you propose precisely this come up with you did like hey let's have troy I do did. three give give me I three did. solutions i, I don't did. know matt so uh, you tell me board member why did why can't we do it because i'm only one of nine and well there's one, the answer nine. soon you'll be two hopefully three <laughs> yeah get after it <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> no, I think the fix is having the staff be really attentive to the poppers and checking them, you know, like periodically throughout the match and all that kind of stuff. I don't well, know. Then why do you have to change it then? If we're not going to address the root issue, why are we? Yeah, it's, it? not the, it's not the root issue. The root issue is. Does the steel work properly? Is it set up properly? Is the staff being attentive? That's the root issue. Calibration? Calibration is not the root of it. Calibration is a stopgap. Calibration is like, I shot the stage. The shit didn't work right. The staff fucked up. Whatever happened. Like, let's say you're you're getting popper fucked is what's happening. You got a center. You get your, you JJ Rikaz that bitch. Center punched it. It's still standing. That's the situation. That's where you're at. The staff, like... The staff failed in some way. The, the popper is wrong. Something something already bad happened. Now the stopgap measure that's going to save you is popper calibration. That's what it is. Popper calibration is not the root of the problem. It's supposed to be like my last net. fucking... Yeah, it's the safety net. Oh, no. What and I was asking is... And what? having a safety net that's fucking ridiculous the way it is, it doesn't make any sense. Why do like, we why, not... Like, the safety net's essentially like... Uh, like uh, fucking like a, a die game, like playing rummy or some shit. He's like, roll the dice if it comes up correctly, like you're good. It's insane. I'm I'm sorry. Anyway, what are you gonna say, Matt? Why do we have to come up with all these fixes instead of addressing the root issue? Well, I, I don't know. Ask. Well, you know how these guys are. They don't want to address the root issue. I mean, they don't want to hear it. They're not interested. Rather, but like, remember, they've been, they've been blaming us for popper calibration for five years. They're like, well, no one can come up with anything better. So it's your fault. It's like, well, don't you guys pay Troy like a hundred grand a year? And doesn't he have two assistants to work on this shit? He couldn't come up with anything worthless. I thought anyway. the answer was to shoot major. That is also the answer is shoot major. Yeah. 
shoot a 45 because they don't make a 46. How do you like that? <laughs> I think they should start making a 46. Whew. Just to shut you the hell up, man. Mary, oh. sorry, Joel. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I, I'm, I apologize for calling you Matt. I wouldn't want you to apply that you're some USPSA board member, BOC type of dude. That's all. That's everything I hope to be. <laughs> well, give, in the future. Matt, you stick right where you're at for a couple decades and you'll be Bruce one in no time. Sounds I'm just no, I'm kidding. You need to be way more pompous. <laughs> you don't have it in you. Well, I think um, you pretty much knocked that, got that question answered. Ben. Oh, no. It was a banger, as usual. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> a real crack-up podcast, you know, real. <laughs> it was a winner. Anyway, amazing. thank you all for coming on, especially you, Mr. Kim. You're clearly the thank nicest, you. best person here <laughs> having you. You, uh, you up the average in so many ways here in height. Oh, we call him the professor. <laughs> in height, in IQ, in kindness, <laughs> all of these things. Without you, our average would be real bad. Anyway, thank you all for coming on. Listeners, if you have a question you'd like the answer to, uh, you're going to email uh, your website. It's Send him your question. He'd love to hear from you. I'm, I'm open to any question you guys have in. And if your area director is not answering your emails, send them to me and I will get them addressed. I will at least get them in front of all the area, other area directors. So well, they can also that. not, not area address three them right at now. it's area three at USPSA.org. And that goes with any area. You just put the area A R E A and the number at USPSA.org. The only like guys don't, don't bother email. E- email my favorite area director area two. Cause he will answer <laughs> you. It will be verbose. It will be hilarious, especially if you, Critically analyze it and compare it to previous statements is going to be great. I promise. I the button. I can't end the call anymore. You can't end the call.